How you doing? It's great to be here. I'm glad you're here, man. I um, I'm gonna try to make sure. Last time we were here, I couldn't quite get the mic for your setup to work on that side. So, would you mind just uh, spitting a couple words in there? Tell people who you are. There you go. Nice. Yeah. I like it. It sounds good. <laughs> Man, I'm really excited to have you in here. Like this is, you were just mentioning right now, this is kind of a new um, way of getting content out there and just kind of being in the public eye, trying to like help people stay informed. And then also on the on the flip side, trying to be a little bit entertaining. I realized when I put it together that doing a podcast all about mortgage couldn't possibly last very long. Yeah, that sounds like super boring. It sounds awful. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, what am I going to do? Talk about freaking mortgage insurance. Yeah, exactly. So I was just like, I cannot, I can't do that. So I got, um, my friend Lisa came in here and, and we did a podcast together. I'm trying to get a friend of mine that's a dermatologist okay. to come in here and talk about all the funky shit that she's seen. Fantastic. So I'm excited about that. I hope she says yes. <clears throat> she ghosted me. I asked her <laughs> and then like heard nothing from her. Um, so, so hopefully she's listening. I'm she hoping that she's listening because I want her in here. Tessa, I'm coming after you. You're mm -hmm. next. Uh, and then my friend Sarah is going to come in here next week and do a podcast. And um, I'm just trying to get interesting people. Sure. And uh, I asked you for a lot of reasons. I thought it would be a good conversation. And then uh, more than anything, like I was just really wanting to find out more about your background. You've told me some pretty cool stories, but I want to know more about CrossFit, man. Okay. I want to know more about CrossFit Renew. Justin is um, owner. I, what do you call yourself? Yeah, I call myself an owner, owner and coach. Owner, so, coach of CrossFit Renew. It's kind of one of those weird things. Yeah, yeah, tell people about it. Well, you, you just don't you don't go around and say, hey, I own this business. So uh, Some people do, pay though. Pay attention to me. Some people do. Those are... Greaseballs. Yes. Mm -hmm. yeah. I don't even know what kind of words you can use on a podcast without labeling it explicit. But yeah, those people... I label it explicit from the start, actually, because okay. I've dropped a couple of F-bombs already. So right. well, I try to not to limit myself on what I say on here, so <laughs> don't worry about it. No. Yeah, so no, CrossFit Renew. Um, man, it was a gym that started back in May of 2012 and um, got going at a little community center over here. Uh, there's this guy who started it uh, just with a passion for fitness and wanted to see fitness play a role in restoring the community, which is a lot of why it, why Renew is in mm -hmm. the name. Um, and so I was one of those guys that went to 24-hour uh, fitness and yeah. kind of had my normal routine of chest and try, uh, back and by, and then you throw like a legs day. Yeah. Right? yeah. You like stare at the yourself grunt. in the mirror, right? Yeah. Uh, but me and my buddy would go to 24 hour fitness and, uh, you know, we'd get like real psyched about it one month and probably like two weeks in, we'd like do bench press and then go play, play basketball yeah. for the rest of our oh, quote yeah. unquote workout. I know that feeling. Um, but yeah, 2012 was right when CrossFit was getting popular mm -hmm. and, uh, I started hearing more and more people talk about it because right. the first rule of CrossFit is always talk about CrossFit. Always talk about it. And, um... As uh, as more and more it's people, so <laughs> it is, it is, it's ridiculous. Not all gyms are horrible, but um, but yeah. So as people were talking about, it, I was like, all right, I'll give it a give it a try. And uh, man, I went to the first class, and it just got me hooked. Um, a lot of it was just like breaking the routine. You know, you walk into a class, and every workout's different. Uh, it's led by a coach, so you don't have to think about what you're doing. 
um, and it's going to be high intensity. You're going to be moving. Uh, you're going to feel like you worked out at the end of it. And so it was really just everything that I had been looking for in a fitness program. And so CrossFit Renew actually introduced me to CrossFit. Um, and so I was a member of that gym um, for about five years. Um, and with, so it was already called CrossFit Renew? Yeah, it was already called CrossFit okay. Renew. Um, and I'd been a member there. And uh, long story short, uh, kind of the guy who started it uh, was transitioning, moving on. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were kind of just thinking about, well, what do we do with this thing? We're just kind of in a place of like, well, maybe we should close it down. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's when my wife and I approached them. And like, hey, would you ever think about selling mm-hmm. uh, this gym? And so uh, we kind of looked at it and saw it was an opportunity. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah. and is that where it is now? No. Okay. So it was in the same strip center in a much smaller space. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, yeah, we It was in that it. spot next door to it, right? Yeah. Okay. It was in the spot next door to it. And then so we... Uh, we purchased it in like March of 2017, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, since then I've just been. It's awesome, man. Growing it, and change locations, and uh, it's been awesome. Yeah. yeah, it's been super fun ride. Like, really passionate about it. Like, mm-hmm. I'm glad you do, man. I, I, I um, obviously I've been a trainer in the past and um, was a football coach for a long time, and I can tell you that having gone into training and and doing that for a living for a little while. It is, um, and I think it's every trainer's dream to one day open up their own gym and like to go for it, to really do it. And I talk about that that concept a lot um, so far in the past couple of podcasts that I've had is that that idea that you have to make up your mind that you really want to do something and then just fucking do it. Because yeah. a lot of the times you're just sitting around testing the waters and you're dipping your toe in the pool and it's too cold, but you don't kind of you don't quite want to do it, but but you know you want to and, and you're not quite sure, and then you end up doing nothing. Right. And as trainers, I felt like that happens a lot to people. Yeah, and I think it's like, um, it's people's appetite for risk, but like at some point, if you're going to walk down that entrepreneurial path, like mm-hmm. the like nut up and do it is kind of the the, the moment where you, you, you like figure out you're all in or not. Mm-hmm. So um, it's, a, it's a big leap, but once you make that leap and once you start kind of going all into uh, your business, and you just—I don't know if I've seen my passion come out more than than doing that. Than doing that, yeah. And so, and it's a huge feel. Like I don't feel like I get up and go to work every day. Right. You know, I feel like I get up and uh, get to dictate what I do. Yeah. Uh, every day, and it has its ups and downs. Mm-hmm. It's scary as shit sometimes. Yeah, for like, sure. You know, um, but it's definitely been worth it. Yeah. So. I mean, I, I can't imagine. Yeah. <sighs> I, I'm envious of you and that you decided to do it and went for it because I know how, how crazy that must have been. I mean, the idea of getting a spot, renting it, you know, relying on people to, you know, be members and mm-hmm. getting the word out and having to rely on that on a daily basis. Getting coaches, yeah. coaches that you trust. Yeah. That is hard. Well, yeah, it, it, that I would say is... You like, get that mic a little closer to you. Yeah. That I would say is probably one of the like biggest things that I inherited mm-hmm. from the previous guy was like a pretty solid coaching staff yeah. and so um, more of what the business needed was just some op- op- operations and logistics mm-hmm. and uh, that's a lot of what I was able to add to it mm-hmm. um, and since then kind of marrying the two of those together has just you know made it blow up and yeah. made it what it is so far. 
Yeah, I've found, I mean, I've, I've been in so many different CrossFit gyms. I used to work off of one off of the East Side called uh, East Side Austin Elite, um, which was a great gym, man. It mm. was awesome. It yeah. was uh, like, it was a, it must have been like one of the better kept secrets in all of Austin. So sure. to all of my EAE peeps out there, <laughs> um, I salute you. It was a great gym, but it was closed down. I want to say the owner, um, uh, um, contracted i don't know what the word would say but anyway the owner got cancer and mm. uh, had to shut down the gym that's the understanding that i have of the story and then after that i was just kind of left reeling looking for looking for a gym and i started joining different ones and you know the biggest thing for me they're all to somewhat to some degree they're similar mm. but the biggest difference to me are the coaches and mm. the way that they train and the way that they communicate with the people that are there because for some people it's super intimidating for some people like me that know enough about training i'm not intimidated about movements i don't really need a lot of direction mm. everyone needs some coaching and correction because it's impossible to see yourself doing movements and make sure that you're doing things correctly yeah. so even it doesn't matter how much experience you have you always need somebody watching you but I, i'm not concerned with my safety when i lift aside from the fact that my body is like completely terribly out of shape my yeah, knees are in your mid 30s apart. and you <laughs> yeah aside from all of that stuff but one of the things that would really bother me is that i would go to these gyms and um i'd be working out and i could tell the the other people that were there were beginners mm -hmm. or that they didn't really know how to move their body you could tell that they sure. were the hinge movement wasn't quite there that the way that they positioned their body was really unsafe and and i want to be like hey like don't do this you're gonna hurt yourself but the coaches aren't quite saying anything and one of my biggest pet peeves is was is was and will continue to be when a coach is going through a really complicated like olympic lift mm -hmm. and they'll say things like and then you just do it like this and, and all your left was yeah and like, then they just show you then you go and then from here yeah. you go like this and just do this thing and, and then you like, just do this oh. and i'm just like what that's yeah. like super complicated it absolutely is and i mean that's like I think that's some of the things that like separate um, okay coaches uh, because there's a lot of just okay coaches oh, yeah. uh, from really great coaches. Um, you know, when we think about coaching and when we think about body movements, uh, we always are trying to incorporate a lot of different kind of cues. Uh, right. So there's definitely visual cues, uh, which are move your hips forward. Uh, like this mm -hmm. um, but it's accompanied by a set of verbal cues for sure and you know even um, to the point of we do tactile cues yeah as much as a, a person feels comfortable with us right. helping them move their body in position and so that's something our head coach Becky works really hard on doing and she's she's really great um, you know, yeah she's awesome she oversees our, our uh, coaching staff and uh, I honestly think our gym would be a much worse place if right. it wasn't for her and mm -hmm. her just dedication to me. No, you have great you have great coaches. I, I love all the coaches there. Even Sadie when she was there. <laughs> I know Sadie's she's still there. Back she, soon, right? she, she's she's on maternity leave right yeah. now. Yeah. So. Sadie's awesome. Um I always laugh at Sadie because I know I'm gonna get it every time I'm in the gym. If I'm being lazy, I know she's gonna freaking oh. get on me every freaking time. It never fails. Yeah. But you need that. I mean yeah. you really do because um it's really easy to not wake up in the morning and go to the gym. Mm. And it's really easy not to go in the afternoon. It's really easy to miss out. And, and having coaches like that that push you, I think is super valuable. And 
and Mac has been great and you know just even reaching out via email or yeah. Facebook and just being like hey man um, are you still it's alive been two weeks. Where, you been, man? <laughs> where you been uh, that you said you were gonna drop 40 pounds yeah, I, yeah, I yeah. could have sworn I heard you say that <laughs> um, so yeah I mean it's it's not fun to get that reality check but it keeps me going back yeah. and so well yeah. that's what we're about man like we think fitness it definitely is a journey for everybody but what we're aiming for is like longevity of life mm-hmm. and health and so i mean for most people we're not training to be like olympic mm-hmm. athletes right what we're training for is to be fit moms fit dads good employees mm-hmm. uh, and all of all of that comes by having a solid foundation for your physical fitness it right. helps you sleep better it gives you better energy uh, it teaches you uh, like how to control your body with the range of motion and so uh, just I know fitness is usually the first thing to go for a lot of people because, like, when do you make time for it? Mm-hmm. Um, but, man, it's such a, like, crucial part to um, a rich and fulfilled life. And that's one of the crazy things, too, that I think a lot of people misunderstand is, is the idea that working out will actually give you energy because a lot of people assume that, well, I don't want to be tired the whole day because I want to go work out. And mm-hmm. I would, like, my, my wife, for example, um, my wife is a perfect example. Um, she probably has never worked out in her life does she uh, listen to this podcast she does <laughs> but she's tight i mean she's tight she's she's not you know she's in perfectly fine shape you'd look at her and never assumed yeah. anything but she doesn't work out or train or anything and and it's one of those things that with crossfit in particular and i lie she does she has worked out in the past and she's gone to the gym but it's not something that's a part of like for all of us you probably played sports in high school or yeah. Yeah, so I played sports all throughout high school, and she never did that. She was an art major, an art girl, and working out in, in com- competition, that sort of thing is, is not her forte, but she has gone to go work out. The difference is that CrossFit intimidates the hell out of her. Sure. Because yeah. she feels like she's going to go in there and that we're going to all be, you know, so she freaks out. The idea of her going to CrossFit is, is not... You know, not something that she even wants to sure. contemplate. But I tell her all the time, I'm like, you'd be surprised that everybody that's in there, they're just normal people. They're yeah. just normal people trying to be fit, trying to stay, trying to stay alive yeah. and have a better life and have more energy. Well, and that's the thing is like there are different flavors of CrossFit gyms. Mm-hmm. Some of them are going to be your hyper competitive where everybody's walking around with their shirt off mm-hmm. and, you know, broing out, trying yeah. to lift the heaviest thing. Uh, and that's just not who we've chosen to be as a gym. Um, you know, we see our primary demographic as, you know, people in their 30s and early 40s mm-hmm. uh, just trying to live that healthy lifestyle. Yeah. One of my favorite members is uh, this 76-year-old lady mm-hmm. uh, who just consistently shows up. Really? Yeah. Uh, her name is Georgia, and she's uh, a delight to be around, always there at the smile. Um, she participates in our group classes, and um, you know we work with her to modify the movements. Mm-hmm. Uh, but even then, um, at her age, she is maintaining her um, muscle muscles from uh, going into atrophy. Right. Uh, she's keeping her heart rate uh, strong, mm-hmm. um, and uh, just doing really well to help her continue to live independently. Um, you know, one of the things that she talks about it was just like. She loves coming to our gym um, because it's a place where she feels alive. And a lot of times with some of her friends, like they're just not as active as right. she is. Um, and so it kind of gets to be a sad thing when sure. you see people who neglect their fitness uh, and it be something that later on in life they 
that affects them. That affects them. Mm-hmm. So that's why we're proponents of you know helping people move safe. Um, you know, and just kind of one of our taglines is uh, CrossFit gym for anyone and everyone. So right. We we really want to be accessible to you know people like your wife, mm-hmm. so that where CrossFit might be intimidating, man, it really is a fitness program that can scale appropriately yeah. to where you are in your fitness level. Yeah, I, I, I have begged her to go try it out and just give it a shot, and I know that she'll, I know that she'd love it. I mean, I've, I've seen when she has made time to go to the gym, and we were just talking about it the other day, and she was saying, man, you know, there was a little, little bit of sp- a spurt of time, as it happens with so many of us, where mm-hmm. you get into the gym habit, yeah. and during that time that you're doing it, you feel great all of a sudden, right? It's like, holy cow, I don't know why, all of a sudden I have all this energy, I feel amazing. Mm-hmm. And you get uh, almost satisfied with the fact that you've you feel amazing, and you just assume that I'm, I don't have to work out anymore. I've mm-hmm. reached my goal. And then she stopped going, just like I stopped going. And then all, lo and behold, again, you start feeling groggy, you start mm-hmm. feeling tired during the day. And yeah. I know that if she were to go, um, she would see and feel and experience what I experience when I go, which yeah. is which is a lot of fun. My issue right now is a lot I don't I mean just a lot I've gained so much damn weight my knees feel brittle I mean from that impact from that weight and it's incredible how much adding just 20 30 pounds can do to your joints yeah I mean you don't think about it because you're most of the time you're sitting your fat ass in the the (laughs) office if I'm quite honest so you don't really feel it but then you go into the gym and start running around and hopping and you're like oh dang yeah 20 pounds of weight times the force that you're putting on that joint I mean it's a huge difference high impact movements yeah box jumps yeah other plyometrics yeah and of course, I've I've since I started going back and going into the open gym, I've I've lost maybe about ten pounds, and I can already start feeling my knees are starting mm-hmm. to feel better. They don't feel quite as weak. They're not quite there yet, but they're starting to feel a lot better. And yeah, I mean they all go hand in hand. It's just trying to eat well and mm-hmm. and making it a habit to go back there. So. Yeah, it's a big big part of discipline. It really is. So, yeah. So. so sports, you played sports. Played. Uh, I would I would think that, um, let me just guess. Okay. I would have to guess that you wrestled. We did not have a wrestling team. Dang, okay. Not I, a wrestler. I have frequently thought of, like, why. I don't know why we didn't. Yeah. There were other schools around us that did. and I You think, looked like a wrestler. Like, yeah, you might have wrestled. I think I probably would have been really good at power wrestling. Powerlifter? Uh, I did powerlifting um, to train for okay. football. So. Yeah, yeah. They're pretty much yeah. power. That same MO for us, powerlifting and. Even though I wasn't, I didn't ever competed in powerlifting. Mm-hmm. Um, we, you know, they'd force us to go in after school and do all the powerlift stuff. Yeah, and yeah. that's a lot of bench press, we bench press, deadlift, yeah, clean. So man, what did you play? Uh, I was a fullback. Okay. So I love yeah, that. you're definitely a fullback yeah. for sure. I love the love the glory of scoring a touchdown. Yeah. That was uh, Where are you? F- what what uh, part of the country are you from? Down in Houston. You're in Houston. So, okay, cool. Little town called Tomball. Yeah. So. Now, but I thought that was it. Your family that's not from from Texas, or I don't know why I had this feeling that no. your family was from mm. somewhere else. No, we grew up uh, yeah down around Houston. My parents live in Tomball. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Tomball, Texas. Tom. I'm trying to think of what mascot they were because I wasn't the Cougars, coach. man. The Cougars. The yeah. Cougs. Come on, man. <laughs> we were the Cougars. So. Tomball. I mean. Th- does Tomball have a history of of winning in football? Because I feel like the name, at least, is very popular. It uh, it had won a state championship 
uh, like in the 80s or something. But since then, not so much. Not, we, we went to the playoffs my senior year, but that was uh, yeah. I mean, we it's went the like same two story. games deep. Same so. story for us, Los Fresnos High School. God yeah. bless Los Fresnos. Um, we would always, you know, we would do generally pretty well in our district. I think our junior year, senior year, I think maybe it was our senior year that we were really bad. Mm-hmm. Junior year, we did well, but I mean, we would maybe win a playoff game, but then immediately get followed up by like one of the San Antonio schools and right. then just get absolutely just destroyed, yeah. just smashed every time. Yeah. Well, Texas high school football, man, it's like the glory days. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Everything's been downhill since then. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. That's what I was about to ask you actually is, I mean, for me, I know for a fact, I'm sure as hell I'm not even close to being as good a, as good a shape as I was when I was in high school. But what about for you now that you like how how hardcore do you take it now that you train or do you just do you just take the attitude of the same thing that you're doing with your clients is just want to stay generally fit and healthy or are there moments of the year where you're like, okay, I'm going to. I'm going to freaking cinch it up and I'm going to be hardcore for X amount of time. Yeah, yeah. No, so I would say I'm probably uh, in better shape now than I was in high school. Okay. Um, And so if I could go back now uh, and be me, a 34-year-old, competing against Mm 18-year-olds. Oh, yeah. That's that's smashing. (laughs) It's so messed up that as a I as a guy I've had that same feeling or right. that same thought. I'm like, man, if I could just go back today and put on a helmet, yeah, it's like I'd be there. Yeah. Um, but no, uh, training for me. I think there was a season when I first found CrossFit that I was like, oh, I want to compete. I want to mm-hmm. uh, get after it. I want to grow. And and uh, that's not atypical for mm-hmm. kind of like achiever type guys right. um, that have some experience in the weight room. Uh, but the reality of competing in the sport of CrossFit in particular is just it's it's a professional sport now. Sure. Uh, and so if you don't have the time to dedicate eight hours a day, mm-hmm. several training sessions a day, then like there's there's no like no yeah, yeah. the 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 playing field is it's so, so broad. High. It's yeah. so massive. Yeah. And then not only that, you have to also have just some God given talent to you know succeed on that level. Yeah, for sure. I've seen, in fact, when I was at the Gold's Gym, I trained with um, with uh, one of my buddies there, Steve, that was uh, training to do the CrossFit Games. And I want to say that he he's uh, part of, what is it, Hakaru or something like that, Jim? Uh, Jakaru. Jakaru, yeah, Jim. And he... Um, God bless. I mean, that guy was in incredible shape. I don't. I want to say that Steve is still still doing it, and yeah. he got pretty up there. In well, and they're games. they're a great gym, uh, competition performance wise. Mm-hmm. Like they're probably one of two uh, that are really well known in in Austin for mm-hmm. for that reason. So they have a great great kind of competitors program down there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so um, that's clear on like literally the opposite end of the city. Like it is way far down, down south. Yeah, yeah it's like off San Elmo or something yeah. down mm-hmm. there. But great facility. Yeah, yeah, great facility. That's where I got my um, cert when I was training. Okay. So I had to go show up there in the morning and do the cert. I actually did it with Steve. Um, and it was so, I don't you know, think I knew you had your L one. Yeah, I have my L one. Okay. I have my L one, and I have my CSCS, my uh, NSCA, strength Man. and conditioning, uh, yeah, certification. Yeah. That thing was massive. That thing took forever. Uh, forever. I felt like I was back in like 
undergrad when I was right, studying for that damn thing. That. And yeah. I can't believe I passed it, but I did. So yeah. there's that. But no, man, I mean, that's, that's really cool. I wanted to know more about the gym because that, that, I mean, to me personally, I, I love hearing stories about anybody that is willing to roll the dice on something that they really believe in because I feel like a lot of us struggle with that. There are so many people out there right now that are sitting in an office somewhere um, and they might hate their jobs and they have this idea of something that they've always wanted to do. Yeah. But they don't quite have the... But maybe it's the belief or the willingness to take the risk or whatever. And I, and I just keep constantly wanting to encourage people to believe in themselves and to say, look, man, you believe in something or girl, um, do it. Like, yeah. Go after it. There are going to be risks involved. But I feel like most of the time you end up living or looking back on your life and regretting all of the things that you didn't do as opposed to, you know, the things that you did, you yeah. know, and saying, well, at least I gave it a shot. It didn't work out, but. I went after it. You yeah. Know? And I think, man, there's just so many ways these days that you can, like, take an idea and um, move it down the field just a few inches at a time. And so I know a lot of guys who are entrepreneurs, and even for me, when we bought the CrossFit gym, um, you know, I didn't quit a full-time job to just jump head into it. And right. So you can definitely, like, hedge your bets in, uh, in, in how you pursue um, the entrepreneurial path. Uh, I think you hear of like these like stories of um, you know founders blowing up these massive companies but what you often don't realize is like they probably lived at home with their mom mm -hmm. had, like zero bills right. that kind of right. thing and so there's a lot of people who aren't in that phase of life that you know have a lot more responsibility sure um, but it is going to take some later nights it is going to take some side hustle it's going to be bringing people along to help you mm -hmm. uh, with that process and learning to give away and delegate and so um i mean yeah in the same way i'd encourage people like it's risky but like it's worth taking the step right um, because when it's something that you're building and when you're passionate about it man it it's it's so, powerful it's, it's powerful. powerful it's so fulfilling yeah insanely fulfilling yeah, I, I think about, I mean, it's not, obviously it's not for, but sometimes I can't help but think uh, there are a lot of things that I, I would love to do in my business. And I think, oh man, if only I didn't have this responsibility or that responsibility, like imagine all the things that you could do, but but you do have those responsibilities. Right, right. So, yeah, kids don't go away. Yeah, kids don't get to go like, you Not know, until they're like 18. Yeah, exactly. So you just got to deal with the cards that you have dealt and and make you know work around them like you said find support find people that are willing to help you mm. you know help you make those dreams um or those goals uh, come true and try to find partnerships that will help you you know in that regard mm -hmm. it's not no one said it's going to be easy by any means i'm sure you've got plenty of crazy stories of things that you might have gone through or points of concern or obstacles things like that that occurred um, at this point, I'm sure looking back, it, to somebody on the outside might be like, oh, that looks easy. They just own a gym. I'm sure right, it's super right. easy. Yeah. Yeah. If you, uh, yeah, it, it's pretty on the outside, but mm -hmm. when you lift up the hood, uh, man, there's a world of, you know, things that I wish were better and then also just strains and stresses of, mm -hmm. you know, making sure you're making payroll when you lose a member. What does that look like? Yeah. And, what is, how does it change? Yeah. Yeah. How does that change? And, and I mean... I have ideas in my head of like places where I want to continue to grow it, but it just takes time. And yeah, and you just and you just um, you keep trying to improve. You're never gonna be at at least most. I think 
successful entrepreneurs are never in a place where they're just like everything's perfect i'm just right. gonna chill out and everything is now. awesome yeah exactly it just never it never happens there's always something to improve on yeah and i'm sure that you'll also you know you'll, you'll continue to have those those um moments but you guys do a lot of cool a lot of cool shit man i, I love and i feel terrible that i haven't been back for barbells and bourbon that's like one no, of man, my we, we changed it what is it, it now it's a uh, tequila and traps traps and, teque- traps and that's tequila right. that's traps right. and tequila that was what alejandro named it for yeah. us so. well i still i still feel like um that has to happen I, I i never told you this but um there i'm not even gonna say it on the air because i don't want anybody else to know about the name of this tequila but i happen to know the name of what i think is the best tequila on the face of the planet okay and it's not one of it's not like patron or anything like that it's it's a relatively small um uh distillery and they only sell it at this one particular place and it has not been available for at least six months i mean i go to the store at least every other week to check Mm -hmm. in they never freaking have it and it used to be available all the time because i was one of the only people that knew and it just became it just blew up and it is uh really really hard to find but i kept wanting to bring it to the few times that we had barbells and bourbon to make it a traps and tequila night but that i could never get my freaking hands on it yeah yeah um but I love that you guys do things like that. I think the ladies have their own. Yeah, we call it uh, water to wine. Water to wine. Yeah. yeah so, nice. wa- it, not water, mm. but water, like a workout uh, of the day. Workout of the day. Or yeah, so it's kind water of a wine. funny pun on. Uh, I love that. I mean, I love things like that because I feel like it. It's when people go to a gym atmosphere and they don't really know the other people that are there. Um, some people are are really cool and just you know open their mouth and start chatting and get to know each other. Mm. Other people are less inclined um, to want to do that because they're nervous or they don't feel comfortable in that you know in that environment. You do something like that where the guys can just kind of chill out and relax after the workout, and the same for the ladies. I'm sure is um, I think it's a really cool little twist that you added and. I think you guys did something recently for the entire community, right? Um, yeah, well, we got something coming up. Uh, we call it um, Beer, Bread, and Bells. <laughs> <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot of drinking at our CrossFit gym, yeah. so uh, I don't know, hey, I don't man, know what that have, says about us. You, ha- you, gotta have, you have to mix it in, man. You have to live a little bit sometimes yeah. right now. I'm in the middle of, uh, I think I told you, I'm in the middle of 90 days. Okay. 90 days, no alcohol. Okay. Um, and I am, I think, in day 25, something like that. So and it's going not, well? It's going well. I mean, I have not had one single bit to drink. Um, that is such a hard thing to do in, like, our culture and environment. Today. It is super I mean, difficult they, to do. It's like what people do. You know what's crazy is that now that I've done it, or now that I'm in the middle of it, and I've done it before. When I was when I was training, I used to do it all the time. Mm. I, would, I would do these 30-day or 60-day, and mm. I would do it all the time. And, and when you're used to doing it, you realize that it's really not that difficult. Sure. Um, but I'd forgotten because I just got into, I just love drinking, man. Yeah. I love, I love to sip some tequila. I love it. Yeah. Um, well, it's so easy, like either to unwind at night doing that and or, I mean, there's not a friend group in the world that you're around where it's like, yeah, I can have a drink. Yeah. I mean, like I'm going to take my wife on a date tonight. And yeah. It's like, sure, we're going to go have a nice dinner we're gonna have some wine or yeah, a margarita exactly. it's like yeah an easy you're thing. usually not going to happy hour and just having water <laughs> that's right <laughs> you're, you're right. usually gonna go people are like what's wrong with that guy yeah no kidding um 
but yeah no the thing with me and the re- part of the reason why i made that decision is because i'm so bad at managing my diet mm. um and it really has nothing to do with alcohol i mean i i'm totally fine with alcohol sure. i don't have any problem with it but the things that i do when i drink is yeah. what ends up leading me astray i'll have you know a couple of shots of tequila or even just sipping on it and before you know it i've i've got you know 35 cookies down <laughs> and like you why know, did Alejandro turn into the cookie monster and I'll do this thing in my head where I'm like if I just eat all of the cookies in one day no, it no, won't no. count <laughs> it won't count because it's just one day I couldn't yeah. possibly gain yeah. pounds in one day so I'll go and I'll get a bag of Chips Ahoy cookies or and then I'll go to Whataburger and I'll be like I'm gonna be bad but I'm gonna be bad all the way today like yeah. I'm gonna go all out Yeah. and then I end up doing that a bunch of times because I you know, every time I drink, I just kind of loosen up, and I'm like, "Whatever, man, I don't yeah. care." And well, then you get to where I'm. You're at the right fun now. guy to hang out with. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. And then I'm the depressed guy later on, <laughs> freaking when everybody else is going to happy hour and enjoying their their Friday afternoon. Right. I'm the one that's just sitting there like by himself. Maybe I should have had some moderation. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. A little bit of moderation would have been good, but yeah. it's been hard for me for sure. So, oh man, see. that's good. I mean, it's it's encouraging. Like to like discipline is such a huge part of of being able to live a fit and healthy lifestyle yep. because I mean the way we talk about food and the way we talk about nutrition at our gym is is not like hey this is good food and this is bad food um, really we want to talk about like this is food and this is fun food and fun food is okay to have but you can't have it all the time right. no, one, no one can have fun 100% of the time and so we look at ice cream and it's not bad like yeah mm-hmm. eat some ice cream yeah you're dumb if you don't eat ice cream. You're right. You're not dumb, but like, yeah, I get it. Live a little. Yeah. Um, and the the way we want to like train people is like a healthy lifestyle where you're eating in moderation mm-hmm. and you're having fun sometimes, but it can't be all the time. Right. Um, it's when you start to try to have fun all the time and don't pay attention to your diet at all that rails get broken. Yeah, I think that that's probably where my brain has been so. Um, like scrambled up by previous diets that I have attempted. Mm. I mean, I've gone, I've run the gamut, like my entire life since I was maybe in college. I mean, from Atkins to Whole30 to keto to like um, paleo to whatever, to the whatever the heck CrossFit calls the little block system. I forgot what the heck. The zone diet. The zone diet. I mean, I've done, I've done it all. Yeah. And what ends up happening, at least for me, what happened is that now my my mapping of food is all over the place mm-hmm. where at one point it was like eat all fats and right. only fats right. and then it was like eat everything but this don't eat that mm-hmm. and then this one was only and so now i have this kind of thing where it's like i don't even know what to eat and so i just eat a bunch of shit all the time yeah. um and i've found in the times in my life where i have been the lightest the leanest and the healthiest has always been just simply eating in moderation mm. and and just being conscious of of not eating trash processed food yeah it's just basically saying okay this is not real food i'm not going to eat it and as long as i kind of follow that general simple rule for the most part um with you know some exceptions here and there but for the most part it goes really well yeah but it's hard to not eat trash food because trash food is so damn good and it's everywhere and it's yeah, everywhere yeah. it really is and i mean yeah that's a, that's the thing is like we also live in a culture of uh, eating out mm-hmm. like i would be i'd be interested to see what the statistics are of like from our childhood how often we ate out to like 
on a lifestyle now to help them eat out. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I would imagine our generation probably is much further along, like eating out multiple times. Oh yeah, you know, a week if not like a day. Yeah, um, to to that. And when you start eating out, like uh, it gets a lot harder to like control your portion sizes as well as to, like look through a menu and be able to see like what are healthy options versus what aren't healthy options. I mean, I think a great example is, and, and most people probably know this, but Chili's quesadilla mm-hmm. explosion salad. <laughs> <laughs> like, Just the name of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You think in your mind, like, oh, it's a salad. Uh, but that salad alone has something like 1,800 calories God in bless. it, which is just an insane amount of, uh, of, of calories you're mm-hmm. taking in in one sitting. In one sitting. Yeah. And so it's delicious. Don't get me wrong on that. But uh, it's it you know it can be real deceptive eating out. My favorite my favorite example in using with food is the chipotle burrito. Yeah. Or the Freebirds burrito, whatever. Both amazing, and you could probably start on itself like a two hour podcast debating which of the two is better, <laughs> and you'll have like people fighting each other and stabbing <laughs> stabbing each we other over which together, one. Yeah, sure. Freebirds or uh, chipotle burrito. But either way. I mean, you're looking at at least 2,000 calories. If mm-hmm. I check, if I remember correctly, you could look it up. I, you know, don't quote me on that, but it is near 2,000 yeah. calories. Just for, the sheer quantity. Just the sheer day. quantity of that burrito, on itself. And I mean, we're not even talking about the chips and the guac that you're gonna add to that. That's right. That's and right. And the Coca-Cola. Yeah, that's right. And I mean, ask me if I've downed one of those or that entire meal. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Easily. Yeah. I get down that whole sucker and the chips and the guac and the Coke and I'd be good. Go yeah. back home and go to sleep. No that's problem. Right. But right. man, that's a massive that's a massive meal to get rid of, especially if you're talking about it being only one of the three or three, four meals that you had in the, the day. day. Yeah. I mean, that's a, what would that compute to? I would say a mile would be about 100 calories, probably something like that. Right? Like how run? many like calories just a, would you burn? Yeah, like just like a slow jog, something like that. Yeah, probably something like that. Yeah, I, I would, mean, somewhere around there. I, I remember doing out, it. surprisingly uh, burns a lot less calories than you. Oh <laughs> yeah, think it would. And I would do that. Uh, I would do that in the past to friends and clients. Is I would compare the work output to some of the treats that yeah. they really liked. Like I, I remember talking to clients and they would tell me what their favorite foods are, and some of them were like Hershey's kiss, Kisses mm-hmm. and things like that. So I, I remember finding out that a Hershey kiss, just the one kiss, like 60 or 90 something, something like 90 like calories. Yeah. yeah. And I would tell them, I'm like, this is essentially one mile. Like right. this is a mile worth of your effort yeah. for this freaking stupid little chocolate candy. But man, they're good. They're, but that's right. man, they're freaking good. Yeah, there's a reason. I mean, uh, sugar is uh, significantly more addicting mm-hmm. than something like cocaine. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They, I, yeah. Exactly. That there have been studies about sugar being literally the most addicting, like property in the world. Like, yeah. Well, and it's and it's so prevalent throughout our uh, throughout our society and the foods that we eat. Anything processed pretty much has sugar. In yeah. It. And I mean, uh, there's some like natural sugars mm-hmm. that are found in fruit, which aren't all bad. But mm-hmm. even then, like, you know, yeah. it's something that we have to be very like aware of mm-hmm. uh, because between the things that we drink uh, in America and a lot of the treats and snacks mm-hmm. uh, they're just loaded loaded with sugars uh, which contributes a lot to heart disease and diabetes and just a general like progression of unhealth that right. is going on in, 
our society and culture today. Yeah, and I, I mean, I, oftentimes, like with the whole fruit debate, I, what I always tell people is that if you're gonna, like, if you've got to have that, for me, fruit is is a great place to go um, if you had to have anything, only because a lot of the times, depending on what you're talking about, which fruit specifically, but there are a lot of fruits that balance out with really strong fiber fiber properties, and mm. and you can. You know, not go too crazy having an apple. That's not the worst thing in the sure. world. It's a great, great source of you know natural sugar that's going to balance its profile out really well with fiber. But then you have other fruits that may not be as you know forgiving. Yeah. Um, it's definitely not the same as having a spoonful of freaking uh, refined sugar. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not the same thing. Yeah, no. Uh, my other wife and I we laugh about you know different parenting styles sometimes, uh, but. One of the other days, she oh was hanging God. out with uh, uh, some other ladies at a pool, and they had like packed lunches and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And you know, we're somewhat liberal with what our kids eat. Mm-hmm. You know, we try to feed them healthy whole foods, mm-hmm. but then we also let them have a cookie for yeah. dessert. Yes, yeah, same thing. <laughs> well, this mom, uh, she told her kids like, "Hey, come get dessert." She pulled out a peach, and my wife was like, "Say oh. what?" <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's just like. Training them though already yeah. because it's it's dessert. It's dessert. It's the yeah. peach. That's yeah. right. That's right. And we're like, no, oh, our kids are gonna be fat. No, yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, if they're going to the gym, that's then right. maybe they balance it out. Yeah. Maybe it's good. Unfortunately, for them. you can't exercise your yeah. way out of a bad diet. No, it's you not. really can't. I yeah, I know that for a fact. It's uh, impossible. Yeah. But I mean, it just goes it, just with that. Hershey Kiss example. I mean, there's no way. I mean, you could eat a, a handful of those mm-hmm. Hershey Kisses, and unless you're going for half a marathon yeah. later that day, it's gonna be tough sledding for you to, that's right, that's to right. get it done. So, moral of the story is: run a half marathon every, every day, day, and you can eat whatever you want. You know that guy, David Goggins? Have you ever heard of him? No, I heard of him. He did like uh, fifty. Uh, he does like a uh, hundred milers. I want to say. Well, didn't he do like a? And an ultra marathon yeah. in every state. Yeah. Well, I don't know. That guy's freaking nuts. I've I, I don't know if you've um, read the book or the audio book. He's incredible. And every time I listen to that guy, I feel like such a freaking loser. Yeah. And I just want to get my ass out. And what are you even doing with your life? Man? I know. What am I doing with my life? Yeah. I'm a freaking punk. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, he runs ultra marathons. Uh, his story is incredible. He was. Um, a guy that like was in depression like super overweight like nearing 300 pounds and um wanted to become a navy seal went through training i think failed two or three times and then finally you know got it done it says here uh that he attempted to enter the badwater 135 ultra marathon as a fundraiser but was told by organizers that he needed to enter another ultra marathon first as the badwater is an invitation only event in 2005, he entered San Diego one day, a 24-hour ultra marathon held at Hospitality Point in San Diego. He was able to run 101 miles in 19 hours and 6 minutes, despite never, never having attempted to run a marathon previously. It was that he, the conversations that David Goggins has had. Um, online and you know in different formats i mean it's it's incredibly inspirational mm. i i can't imagine how somebody could put that much strain just not even physically but just mentally like yeah. getting through all of that yeah um he did the same thing with uh, a pull-up record i can't remember how many thousands of pull-ups he did in a day it was something 
unreal. Insane. And uh, there was a picture of his, his hands, hands just completely gutted. I mean, it looked like somebody just cut open a fish. Yeah. Ugh, just awful, awful, awful. Yeah. But, you know, I, I try to have that type of level of dedication and, and motivation. I just don't know how people have that. Sure. It's incredible. It's a skill and a talent in and of itself that somehow people can find that in themselves and, and not let anything get in their way. It's pretty it's pretty incredible. Yeah. And I find those people are inspirational. They're few and far between. You know, they have uh, they have the things that they're good at. And, mm-hmm. and, yeah, uh, you're right. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it's a it's a testament to human will. Yeah. So I don't yeah. know that all of us have it, but man, it's well, cool. And to watch all, some of us <laughs> might have it in different ways too. If you think about it, just what you said makes a makes a really great point. I mean, he he had a very difficult upbringing uh, for sure. But uh, my understanding, again, you know, I don't know everything about his life, but I, I did, I did read the book. Yeah. Um, apparently, a lot of people really hated him. Like he was just not a very easy person to, to be around, be around yeah. uh, because of his competitive nature. I think he went through quite a few um, divorces, and yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, his life has been difficult for sure. And, and there are elements of his life, his personal life, I'm sure he could be better at. Mm-hmm. But in terms of his physical fitness, his determination and his will and his grit, I mean, he excelled, I'm yeah. sure, anyone's expectations, including his own, probably. Yeah. So, But anyway, um, yeah, that's David Goggins for you. We'll see how far I get. If I can just get, if you can help me get to 180, man, at CrossFit Renew, I'd be happy. I'm going to be walking around like I am David Goggins. That's right. Like I got it completed. We'll make that our personal project over the next six months. <laughs> Please make sure send a memo yeah. out yeah. To, to all the coaches, to yeah. Mac and Sadie and yeah. everybody when she gets back. That yeah. that is everyone's primary goal. Forget what is happening with everybody else. We're gonna make Alejandro unfat. Unfat, so, please. Yeah. No, that's that's gonna take a while, man. Nah, man, you look good. Um, it's, it's we're working right. on it. We'll see how it goes. But last thing I wanted to bring up with you, I'm curious about um, just one last thing before we get going. I know, are you teaching the class at four? No. No? Okay, cool. I don't think so. All right, then we're fine. I should look. Um, I wanted to talk to you about your move to Houston because of a specific reason, but when did you come here? When was it that you came to Austin? Yeah, so I... Moved from Houston, sorry. Yeah, yeah, no. Uh, I moved uh, from Houston and went to school at Texas State. Mm-hmm. Uh University of San Marcos in 2004 and so was there from 2004 to 2008 and in 2008 I moved to Austin um, and so I've been here about 10 years about 10 years yeah, yeah. so enough to kind of call myself in Austin I think so yeah. yeah I just I just moved out of Austin into Round Rock and it's kind of sad because I yeah. can't really call myself an Austin the suburbs. I know man it's good though I like I it you get a big house it's not as there. yeah it's not as bad as I thought it was going to be I honestly was dreading leaving Austin, um, there are definitely some some cons to it. You can't, you know, you can't get anything out there. I mean, you're, sure. there's not a way. And here we go talking about food again. But yeah. when we first moved in there, my wife was trying to order like Chinese food or order like even a pizza. Yeah. Nothing. nothing. I mean, nothing delivers where we're at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was like really favor or DoorDash. Or no, no, that does not exist. Not even close. <laughs> nope. So I'll leave here. I'll go over to the Pollo Rico again. Another shameless, like, completely not in any way benefiting me plug for Pollo Rico if you've never had chicken at the Pollo Rico have you ever had chicken there? I don't think it's I right have. by your by your gym where so do you know Olin, Olin and 183 okay I know that there's place. a place called Pollo Rico there 
looks a little it's, shady over it there, is man. definitely 100 percent shady white people i mean like me <laughs> i would go during the daytime and i would go with a friend uh-huh. I, but i would walk in and i would get like two chickens two uh-huh. whole chickens and the meal that comes with them and i would leave immediately <laughs> But then I would go home and I would chow down. It is, I'm telling you right now, I challenge you to find me a better tasting chicken. Well, I think you and I should maybe like. Dude, I'm telling you, I'm down. All right. It is unbelievably good. Um, Favorite freaking place. I've been uh, singing its praises now for a while. And every time, I don't know why it comes up on the podcast, but it does. But but anyway, I I got off track there. But I wanted to ask you because... um, I, I, I don't know a lot has been going in through my mind and I hate to make it one of those podcasts but I wanted to talk about something that happened recently uh-huh. uh, because we just had this crazy shooting shooting happen sure. in El Paso yeah. and I found it really strange to me personally because a lot of things have happened I feel like uh, around the country with shootings I mean it's become a really rampant like normal thing I feel like yeah but am I wrong in saying that this is the first time it's happened in Texas recently? I, f- I feel like nothing had happened in Texas until no, I mean, El Paso. Was there something here? Well, you had that police shooting in Dallas. Uh, uh-huh. A couple... What was that? It was about like 18 months ago, I think. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But it was like very... That. I mean, very specific towards like oh I remember that holy cow that yeah. guy sniping police officers mm-hmm. yeah so that had happened but yeah I don't I don't know uh, of another the like, world has gone crazy man yeah I don't know of another one in, in Texas off the top of my mind yeah I mean I just you know it, it for me it hit home because it was specifically Texas I think mm-hmm. it's really easy for us to ignore what's happening around the country because they're so far removed and yeah. the people are strangers you don't really know who they are and it's not affecting your it's community. not affecting your community or your life at yeah. all it's just kind of like you see it in the news and you're like oh that's yeah. terrible moving on yeah but you know with that happening in el paso i just thought god bless well yeah when you're like calling to check on friends that you know live there and mm-hmm. things like that um, it's it's insane yeah i mean and there's a lot of a lot of evil in the world and it's just it's you know it's kind of senseless stuff like it is how do you try completely to make sense senseless of it? stuff it's really it's really aggravating and saddening and depressing and all of that at the same time I, I hate the way that it makes me react because the first thing it makes me think is you know wanting to get my wife or concealed handgun license yeah. and wanting her to be able to protect herself if anything like that would happen I hate that yeah. I hate that that has to be something I need to think about when mm she's not around I hate that I have to feel like I need to get my concealed handgun license so that when we go to the mall or when Mm -hmm. we go to Walmart or wherever the hell it is that I have to be prepared for something like that it's such a horrible horrible thing to have to to feel I don't know that there are any easy answers and I think a lot of people will lean towards you know what what is most obvious but I don't I don't know that there's an answer for that type of sickness because it's um, it's far-reaching it's not just guns it's not just having access to guns there sure there should be probably a lot of um, at least revisiting analyzing the way that we manage guns in the mm-hmm. country but I, I feel like it's so much deeper than that there's there's some yeah, mental health I mean, issues there that really really scary because I don't really know how you fix that yeah I mean I don't think it's an easy answer I mean uh, I think people will easily say well if we just did this and it's like no it's not that easy yeah it's there's just so much complexity to it and i mean like you said i mean there's 
definitely probably think measures we can take to tighten restrictions and safeties around certain aspects of the gun market. I don't know what they are, mm-hmm. um, and uh, um, yeah, neither do I, man. But but it's a, it's a tragedy nonetheless to have to you know live um, with that like over your head, like just wherever you are, something could happen at any. At any moment. Given moment. It could happen literally right here. Through the, I mean, it's yeah. nuts. It's nuts to feel that way because there are things that I remember. I'm sure things like this happened when we were younger, I guess. Um, but I never remember ever having that fear, like going yeah. anywhere and having that fear that something like that could happen. Yeah, well, I think like with the rise of the internet and like the That's globalization true. of our economies, like there's just we have so much more access to information information and tragedies that are happening on a daily basis around the world that you know we might not generations have generations ago to. like you know people just didn't know what was happening in Europe. I also wonder how much less I would be well I don't want to say that less that I would care I wouldn't care any less but I wonder how much less I would be concerned if I weren't a father Right. Like, let's say I wasn't married and I didn't have a kid. Right. Would I just be like, whatever, bro. Like, yeah. <laughs> party on. Let's go to the gym. And I wonder if I if I pay more attention to things like that because now it's like every day I have to. I'm I'm concerned about the the safety and the welfare of my family. Oh, you know? absolutely, man. I got three. Kids. You got three. I got three. It was a mistake. I mean, I love you guys. <laughs> no. Uh. Yeah. You. It, they seem like a handful, man. They Ooh, are. We. But it like it just heightens, I think, your sense of, of uh, empathy, mortality, caring, mortality. Yeah, empathy, oh, yeah. caring. Like I don't know. In my darker moments, sometimes I, uh, or when my wife is like, you know, running late from when she said she would be home, I'm like, well, my whole family's dead now. What does that mean for my life? <laughs> you know, I'm sure some like car crash or something happened. Yeah. I mean, we all have those thoughts, but like, when you think about these like little people. And how much they annoy you, but how much you love them. Oh yeah, man! Uh, just it'll it'll wreck you out, like thinking about them not being oh. in your life or something tragic like that happening yeah. to them. So yeah, I hate I hate uh, you know I hate bringing it up just because I know that yeah, there are really no real answers. On a, on a, hey, on. hold on, bro! Shoot. <laughs> I wanted to talk about it because it is something that's just it's been bothering me and. Um, you know, maybe you know, maybe it's one of those things you don't bring up because there's not really a solution for it. I just wish that. I think that most of the time, um, you can take two approaches. You can you can take the approach of pretending like the problem doesn't exist mm. and just doing nothing about it and sure. saying, well, you know, it happens and moving on, or you can accept that it is an issue and try to find solutions through like some sort of decent. Uh, dialogue conversation. I just I find that right now. I find Facebook is probably the best the best place yeah, to yeah, post yeah, your opinion. Yeah, post your opinions. post your opinion on Facebook and do it in a way yeah. that Isn't, offends. Yeah, the uh, super antagonistic. <laughs> like usually produces more comments. That's the problem is that you can't have a conversation about it because right now the climate is one where it's like it's not even about trying to find a solution. It's about saying, well, I'm on team A and you're on team B, and mm. I believe this wholeheartedly no matter what and if you're on the other team then go f yourself you're That's wrong right. yeah I mean, and there's nothing in between it's it, impossible it really is and um, anyway i well, no i mean I, I i think it's it's so hard today uh to have conversations with people because uh everything is pc and you don't know what you can say and what you can't say and um you know 
I definitely think there are good measures in a lot of, of uh, you know, like caring for other people and being sensitive towards them. Uh, I also think sometimes like things get put on people, uh, regulations and restraints mm-hmm. um, that kind of don't allow conversations to happen. Yeah, I mean, so. I, I mean, for me, don't you think it should be okay for like you and I? You know, we could have we could totally disagree on something. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with disagreeing with someone about something respectfully and just learning from a different perspective and being like you know what i never thought about that there's nothing wrong with that and i feel like right now we're in a climate where it's just gotta it's gotta be like i'm right right i'm right yeah and and if you disagree on something uh you get labeled as someone who uh is a um you know hateful or bigotrous or whatever whatever and like there definitely are those types of people for sure for sure um, I know but, them. I know a lot of them. Yeah, and but there has to be room for like people to have different views on certain things, and for there to be able to have a loving discourse with one another. Mm-hmm. So, love thy neighbor. Love thy neighbor. I heard that somewhere once. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I've heard that too. And I'm, I'm I mean I, I think the best that we can do is is do exactly that. Is just right now. Um, it's a really tough time for a lot of Texans, a lot of people in Ohio as well. Mm. And I send, um, you know, I send my love to, to everybody in El Paso, everyone all over the country. Love love one another, talk to one another, get to know your neighbor and, and have conversations, respect each other. And man, just live it up. And we, we, what do they say? What do the kids say? YOLO? Is it YOLO? YOLO. It's true, man. I never thought that I would learn what that... Um, acronym meant I, I never thought that it would be when I became a parent and yeah. it's so freaking lame sounding because I remember how much I hated friends that had kids talking about kids when I didn't have a kid right so if we were out and having fun and then they'd start oh you know Jamie started walking the other day and I'd be like oh Jesus Christ here we go again we're at happy hour we're gonna talk about the kids for two hours <laughs> drove me freaking crazy yeah and now it's like I realize how much they bring oh, to their, your life that yeah. I can't help but stop wanting to freaking talk about my daughter. Yeah. But uh, yeah, live your life up and you know try to make as many positive memories as you can because we're not here very long, I guess. How long do you think we'll live now? I don't know. There's studies out that uh, say the first person who could live to 150 years old is a alive right now. Mm-hmm. Is that something that you would want to do? I don't know. I'm a. I don't know if you know much about the Enneagram, but uh, the India, what is it, what Enneagram. Is it? Enneagram. No. It's kind of like a personality type test. Actually, really, uh, it's a little scary. Uh, mm-hmm. Kind of the way they uh, portray it is there's nine types of people. Okay. Um, and you generally fit into one of the nine categories uh, of people, and. It's not really like a. There's tests you can take, but most people are like, like categories like uh, happy, sad, like. No, like, no, no, no. It's like. Um, sociopath, not sociopath. No, like so a type one, it, they call the perfectionists. Uh, so their worldview is very like black and white. Uh, they see things in right and wrong, justice oriented. Uh, they're kind of the people who um, have deep seated convictions uh, about how things should be, uh, and that's the grid in which they operate all of their life. Um, type two is called the helper. Um, and so 
there are people who um, generally like go with the flow. Um, they, like the name implies, uh, care for people and have a high value of making sure people feel cared for and loved. Um, and there's type three, which is what I would say I am. And I'm gonna venture to guess you're you're probably a, a type three too. And uh, the angiogram? Or no, that's Inia. It's Inia. like E N N A G R A M E. Enneagram, yeah, yeah enneagram. Uh, but uh, type three is called the performer or the achiever, uh, and they are people who are highly driven High praise. by uh, by praise and approval of other people. Um, they generally like to be the life of the party, mm-hmm. uh, kind of in the mix. A lot of times, are extroverted. Um, and they have a general sense that uh, people uh, approve of them based on like what they're able to do and what they're able to produce. And so they usually pride themselves on being resourceful and ambitious. And uh, so, yeah, nine, it looks like nine, you said. Uh, so we have the reformer, the helper, the achiever, the individualist, the investigator, the loyalist, the enthusiast, the challenger, and the peacemaker. Yeah, yeah. And so uh, if you don't know much about the Enneagram, you can go to the Enneagram Institute. Is it .com or .org? Uh, .com. .com. Yeah. Enneagraminstitute.com. And you can start reading about yourself. And one of the, one of the things, um, you know, there are tests you can take, but the purist would say don't take a test. Just read through the types. Mm-hmm. And it's... Until you do it, you won't understand what I'm saying, but it's insane, the insight that this uh, test has on you. Mm -hmm. Uh, You'll be reading your, you'll read the different types and like some of them you're like, no, I don't relate to that at all. You'll get to your type and you'll start reading and you're like, how do they know this about me? Right. Uh, Just like on the ways that you feel um, valuable, the ways that you stress. um, And so... It's a pretty holistic kind of personality so test. So could you read it and then take the test or? Yeah, well, so what they say is is um, you're supposed to read the nine personality types and see which one you identify with most. Mm-hmm. And generally, uh, you ide- you'll identify with one to two and that's where you kind of can start to think more like uh, the intricacies of the types and, and trying to understand yourself more. Right. Like, I'm, it didn't, I when I I kind of fell in between the lines of a one and a three, but it was very clear that I was a three just based on I'm a pragmatist. Mm-hmm. Ones aren't necessarily like the most pragmatic people. Um, it's right and wrong, and you either do it right and wrong. I'm more of like, well, what actually works to make this actually happen? Right. Yeah. And so that's like I where that I could identify sure. and say, no, I'm definitely a type three. Um, my wife, she goes back and forth between what type she is. And yeah. so, um, but it, but it's really helpful, particularly like if I'm you're going to have to read up on this. Well, if you're, cool. if you're leading teams of people, mm-hmm. uh, they do a section on, on each type and how it relates to other types. Uh, and it's been real helpful in understanding which types maybe like work best together, that sort of thing. Yeah. Which types work best together, which types like really clash, but, you know, I'll, I'll give you an Is example. Is there an asshole one? Because <laughs> I don't tend to get along with those very well. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, well, I'll give you an example. Like, so, um, 
I'm a type three, and then my head coach Becky is a type one, mm-hmm. and um, she has a very high value for right and wrong, this and that. Um, and one of the things that type ones uh, really feel fulfilled by, encouraged by, is when you can help um, validate and encourage them uh, in kind of their convictions, and so. Uh, it really helps you have a framework of like how can you love other people that you work with mm-hmm. uh, it's great in the marriage situation right because um, my wife is a type 9 and uh, one of the things that type 9s generally look this don't over. like uh, the peacemaker. is having to make decisions mm. and so if uh, you know we're deciding even small things like what restaurant to go to or like what time should we be somewhere mm. um what I've noticed is, you know, my wife being a peacemaker, not wanting to disrupt the like, the status quo, the status the, quo, yeah. or the like feeling of the room. She'll kind of defer, 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 mm-hmm. um, and I really don't have an opinion on it either. But what she needs from me in that moment is to like, okay, hey, this is a decision. make a decision. Yeah, make a decision because she doesn't want to. That's disrupt that. I hate saying this, but that's so true, man. Yeah, yeah. And so, uh, Enneagram, it's super, super helpful. We could do a whole podcast on it. Yeah, I mean, I've I've taken tests similar to that. Um, they're called different things, but they're very, very, very different. I mean, it's like, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think one of them was honestly from like Tony Robbins or something like that. And it was like, sure. you know, similar concept, but probably very different. It wasn't as many. It was just like, I think it was like three different zones of types or something sure. like that. Um, but I love doing that because what you were what you were bringing up just now is something that I talk to people a lot about in making teams, uh, whether that it be in business or in sports. Is it's really complicated sometimes when you're in teams because there are um, players or members that will inevitably receive most, if not all, of the praise mm-hmm. from a a team. Yeah. A quarterback, a running back, a wide receiver. A center. Uh, yeah, right. Yeah, not that guy. <laughs> and then there are a lot of people that you could not possibly find success with, but they get very little of of that mm-hmm. glory or of that, you know, yeah. that sense of accomplishment, whatever you want to call it. And um, it's always, to me, been really important, whether it be here in the office or when I was a coach or when I was a player, to to work really hard to try to learn how to show um, the people that work around you that that you value them and that they have value mm-hmm. because that can be really com- when somebody doesn't feel like they belong as a part of the group or that their feelings or concerns their you know their their thoughts aren't really being valued or even understood or or thought of it gets really hard to want to continue to be a part of that team. For sure. And um, sometimes you get lost being maybe at the top of the totem pole and you're the director or the manager or the owner or the, you know, the boss, whatever it might be. It gets really tough to realize that those people that are working for you, they need, they need to feel like they're a part of, of what you're doing. Whatever your vision is, they need to be a part of carrying it out. Yeah. And so what you're talking about with Becky, that's, that's super important is being able to understand you know what's important to them too yeah it helps you lead them better it helps them like actually trust you and and be bought into what you're doing and where you're going where do you see this gym going 
this gym going? Five, ten years. Oh man, I got a whole host of ideas. Um, one big thing that we're pushing into um, right now is corporate clients, and so um, we're providing on-site training, traveling like to the locations. Mm -hmm. Oh, dude, genius! So genius. Uh, we got a couple. Uh, you know, they're two to three hundred people companies that uh, we provide classes uh, over lunchtime for. And uh, yeah, it's just a value add for them mm -hmm. because their employees are having an opportunity to work out and generally the corporation is who is who's who's paying for it. Yeah. And so uh, I see a lot of growth in that. Uh, for sure, man. Area. Get on that. Yeah. And so kind of a few unique ideas that I want to try to try to pursue. And Especially in a city that's like growing by the minute. Yeah. I mean, this thing is freaking getting nuts. Yeah. In the downtown area, I remember doing that as well. We would go and train you know local offices we had a couple of accounts that we did that for um, or that we would try to set up um, and that was at the very beginning and man there's just so much opportunity there and and demand right because I can't imagine how many people are right now at you know the Facebook office or whatever offices are down there that wish they had like a quick break where they could just go and you know get their train and I know that they have gyms all over downtown where you could use I mean it's a great yeah. idea yeah so Trying to push into uh, yeah corporate wellness challenges, um, you know, personal training, nutrition services are huge for us mm -hmm. at our current location, and so continuing to grow those. I think eventually, you know, we might open up a second location. Nice. Up in that Round Rock. Round, I was gonna say in Round Rock, yeah. dude. I'm telling you right now, I'm thinking about opening a Boyo Rico franchise. <laughs> I've been talking about it for let's a long buy, time. Let's, let's buy a building up there. Boyo Rico uh, on one, one side, side and, and yes, sir. Side. All right. So to close up, if um, we have some people listening right now that are thinking to themselves that they want to get their you know butts on the move yeah um how would they go about you know reaching out to you signing up or or you know getting to know more about crossfit and, and crossfit renew yeah so if you uh go to crossfitrenew.com uh it gives you a whole website mm -hmm. um you know it's you'll probably be annoyed by the number of call to actions on it but mm -hmm. uh, essentially what i like to do with uh any prospective client is sit down with them and just get to know them and so the website will direct you to book an appointment with me. Has my availability online, mm -hmm. and um, we just sit down and um, hear your story, hear about what some of your goals are for getting mm -hmm. fit, uh, and then um, you know try to prescribe to you what we think are the best next steps mm -hmm. for uh, helping you reach your goals. Um, we take a very, very prescriptive approach when it comes to fitness, mm -hmm. um, in that um, you know we are a professional f fitness facility. Uh, and in the same way that you would go to the doctor and they would say, hey, here are the things that you need to do in order to fix X, Y, and Z. Uh, we would say, if you want to reach these goals, here are the things that need to happen. Do. And so it's generally a combination of nutrition and some sort of personal or group training that uh, we, we have available. So CrossFitRenew.com. Um, you guys uh, still doing the... the Saturday workouts. Yeah, yep. okay. every Saturday at 9 a.m. Uh, we do a free community workout. Uh, it's uh, friendly for anybody. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, we, nothing too we, technical or crazy. Yeah, like yeah. We like leave. Right. We don't. We don't pull out the barbells a lot. We mm -hmm. kind of just keep it uh, accessible to anyone and everyone. Uh, it's a great opportunity to come rub shoulders with our community as well as get a feel for what it's like to do a CrossFit style workout. So Saturday mornings, 9 a.m.
That's awesome, man. Hey, Justin, thank you. I, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you coming. Uh, hopefully, you'll come back and join us some other time. Yeah, dude. And um, yeah, man, much yeah. love. Well, I appreciate it, man. This is fun. Yeah. All right, guys. Yeah. See ya. Bye. Yeah.